0: Hey, online church family. We're so glad that you've joined us today. My name is Dan Lidstone, and I'm the creative pastor here at Connection Point. Well, we've been in a series called Greater Things, and in that series, our pastor, John Dickerson, has laid out a vision for where our church is going over the next two years. Here's the exciting part. A huge part of that vision involves you, our online family. All across the United States, we're seeing these digital hotspots popping up in different areas, but we see God especially energizing the Chicagoland area. Every week we have over 600 people that join us just from the Chicagoland area. So we need to hear from you. We don't quite know who you are, but we would love to hear from you. So do us a favor, text the word Chicago to 317-350-1996. Just text us, we'll be in touch with you because we have some special things planned for you. Listen, if you're joining us from another area of the country, we still love you. We're still interested in hearing from you and you can do this. You can fill out a connection card during the service today. Well, we're so glad that you've joined us today. We can't wait to see what God does. We believe he's gonna do greater things and we're so glad that you're with us in that vision.
1: Thanks a lot, I appreciate it. Well, my name is Greg Moore and I'm just happy to be part of week two of this How To series. Uh, For some of you that don't know me, I've been with the church for about four years now. Uh, Prior to coming here, I was spending about 20 years in automotive industry and then felt God's calling me into ministry and went to seminary as part of that time. My last five years in auto industry, I was attending, attending seminary and left that position and went to work for a church in Michigan and then four years ago came here. So it's just been a great time appreciate all of you and just the opportunity to be at Connection Point and to just see the great things that God has done and is going to do here is just quite the privilege. So today I had the opportunity, as I said, to talk about this how-to series, and I'm going to talk about how to have peace in your life. And we're going to take a look at Philippians chapter 4 in a moment, but the Apostle Paul in that chapter provides us a formula, if you will, for how to have peace in our lives. And as a person in the business area that I was in in automotive, when you would go to Ford, they would say, in God we trust, all others bring data. And so I like this idea of a formula that you can get out of the Bible that can help us to find peace in our life. And I can tell you also that this is a very personal topic to me because if some of you have heard my story you know that I wasn't a Christian until I was a young adult and so I spent some of those early years searching for peace, trying to find peace in my life and I did different things to do that, things I probably shouldn't have done or I know I shouldn't have done and none of those worked but when I found Jesus that was the first step in having peace in my life. And in recently, it's even more personal because my wife and I went through a difficult uh, issue, not with our marriage, but just in our, in our lives. And so we had again had to look at this information and say, how do we not worry about things? How do we not have anxiety about things in our life? But how do we find peace? And so just a great time for me to talk about this uh, personally. Well, as I was looking at this sermon and writing about it, I read this uh, article from a young pastor that he had written, and I'm just going to give you a paraphrase of it. But after a very long and uh, boring sermon, the church members were filing out of the church, and as they were walking past the pastor, they were just shaking his hands, and not many people were saying much about the sermon. But at the end of the line, a person who was very thoughtful stopped the pastor and said to him, "Uh, Pastor, today your sermon reminded me of the peace and the love of God. And the pastor was a little bit taken back because no one had said much to him. And he had said, well, why do you feel that way? And the person said, well, it reminded me of the peace of God because it passed all understanding. And the love of God because it endured forever. So hopefully that won't be the case today. We won't endure forever. But I do remember thinking about this uh, topic of peace. And a number of years ago, I was in a restaurant having lunch with another pastor, and we were just chatting, and we started to chat with our waiter. And he asked us where we were pastors at, and we told him. And he said, you know, I've tried church, but I don't really find a lot in it. I don't get a lot out of it. And he he happened to look right at me and goes, what do you get out of church? And the thing that popped in my head was the word peace. I told him, since I've been going to church, I have peace. In my life God is doing some things that I never thought he could do and so today we're gonna look at peace from two different perspectives the first is the peace with God and the second is peace of God in other words the first peace with God always has to come before the second peace of God they can never be in reversed order you always have to have peace with God first and as humans we often look for peace in different ways other than God and so we want to be focused on him today romans 5 1 gives us a great picture of this peace of god and it says therefore since we have been justified through faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ and so as we read that the apostle paul is telling us this is where having peace starts it starts with a relationship with jesus christ knowing that he died for our sins he was buried he was raised on the third day and that we're baptized for all he has done and with that we get a new life and the beginning of peace with God. And so maybe you're here today and you've never made that commitment to Jesus Christ. And I would ask you as we're going through this, if that's something you wanna do today, stop and see me afterward or stop by the Connection Corner and we would love to tell you how to have this peace with God that Paul talks about in Romans. And maybe you're here and you just became a Christian recently, maybe Easter or over the last few weeks, and you're wondering, "I, I have this peace with God now, but how do I have the peace of God? And that even applies to some of us who, as I said earlier, have been Christians for years because I still sometimes struggle. How do I have the peace of God in my life? Several years ago, I had the opportunity to talk to a group of high school students at a baccalaureate that my son was part of as he was graduating from high school. And it was a great opportunity for me because there was 500 students in this class and most of their parents were there. And so I had five minutes, and so I took five minutes to share what it looked like to have peace with God, and I talked about who Jesus was and the fact that they needed to accept Jesus as their Savior and what that should look like when they went into college, if they were Christians. And so as part of that, after I got done, I had talked about the fact that I was now in ministry and the different things that happened in my life, and a dad stopped me that I had actually coached his son in Brighton Youth Football, and he came up to me and said, man, I didn't know your story from your past, I didn't know you'd gone into full-time ministry, but I need to talk to you about my younger son who was graduating that year. And I said, yeah, what's going on? He said, "What?" he, he kinda told me some of the things that were happening and I already knew those things from my son, he was struggling with some addictive issues. And I said, yeah, I've, I've heard that through Jeff, my son, and he goes, well, what can we do to help my youngest son? I said, I don't think there's anything you and your wife can do. I think it's going to start with a change in his life, is going to start with Jesus Christ. He first and foremost has to come to know Jesus, to have this peace with God. And he said, yeah, that's what my older son, who had become a believer in college, told me. But he, he said again, what can we do to help him? And so I said, I think you need to start attending a church, start asking God these questions. And so he started actually attending the church that I was at at the time. And over a short period of time, he put his faith and his trust in Jesus and became a follower of Jesus Christ. And I want to kind of weave his story through as we talk today, because his story really talks a lot about how he went from this non-believing person to a person who was following Christ and how peace became this major part of his life. But the point I wanna make right now is this, that there's no real peace, no true inner tranquility, no true um, restfulness unless we have this relationship first and foremost with Jesus. Only Jesus can open the door to peace through relationship with God. And that's what we saw in Romans 5.1. Without Jesus, there is no way to peace in our lives. Recently, I was reading about a young man who was eager to grow in his Christian life, his Christian faith, and he got out a piece of paper, and on this piece of paper, he made a list of all the things that he would do for God. And he wrote down the things he would give up, the ministries he'd want to be part of, all the things that he thought he should be doing, and he took that piece of paper and he laid it on an altar. And after he did that, he didn't have the joy and the peace in his life that he really expected he would have. And so he thought, I'm going to do this again. So he got another piece of paper, and he wrote even more things on it. What he would do, what he wouldn't do. And he took that longer list, and he again laid it at the altar. And again, he still felt nothing. And so he went to a pastor, and he told him what he was doing. And the pastor said this to him. Why don't you take out a blank piece of paper, sign your name to it, and put that on the altar? Because it's not about what we do for God. It's about what he's done for us and we just simply need to give our lives wholly and completely to God through Jesus Christ with nothing else on that piece of paper just a blank sheet saying God here I am how do you want to use me and when he did that he had peace with God and more of a peace than he'd ever had in his life For those of us in this room, God never promises a trouble-free life for us. Even when we are walking with him, when we have a relationship with him, Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So Jesus is saying in him we can have peace in the midst of all the troubles that we're gonna face on a daily or weekly issue in this world. And Jesus faced a lot of troubles himself. Maybe you've heard the story of the Winchester Mansion. I think we have a picture of it here. I visited one time when I was in San Jose, and it's this massive home that was built by Sarah Winchester, who was the widow of the man who owned Winchester Gun Company, where they they made guns. It's about 38 years project to build this home. I think it went from the late 1800s to the early 1900s. And if you were to go in this home, you would have heard the story about how this was like a 24-7 construction project. For 38 years, there were carpenters and plumbers and all kinds of people, and they are constantly building in this house. And And the reasons are varied. People don't really know, but some people think that she did this because she was afraid that ghosts would attack her that were killed by the guns her husband had made. Other people thought that she simply thought, as long as I'm building this house, I'll live forever. As long as I can keep building, I will stay alive. But if you go into this mansion, there are something like 10,000 windows, many doorways and stairways, and sometimes these stairways actually lead to nothing. I remember opening a door, seeing a stairway, and it just stopped at a wall. So this construction was just very haphazard. It was just all over the place. And in today's money, she spent $70 million to build this house. And she did it all in a desperate search for peace. A peace that was ultimately doomed to fail. And so for many people today, we continue to seek peace much like this in a fruitless fruitless means or in ways that we can never find it. We turn to pleasures and drugs and immorality and all kinds of things, just looking for peace. But as we see, only real peace is gonna come, just like those stairways that lead to nowhere in this house, it's only gonna come when we pursue the right pathway, when we have the right path to peace. And those who keep on building without the right pathway will never find that peace. And that pathway, I believe, is gonna be found in the Word of God. So I'm gonna look at those uh, passages of Scripture in Philippians, because Paul has given us this pathway, this formula, to conquer worry and have the peace of God in our lives. And in Philippians 4, 6, and 9, we see this uh, this, uh, structure here. Right praying plus right thinking plus right living equals how to have peace in my life. And so as I said, as a person from the business world, I love this formula because it gives me some way to think about having peace with God in my life. So let's just spend a moment, read Philippians 4, 6 through 9 together, and then we'll kind of take it apart. And that passage starts, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. So, as I said earlier, we're often trying to find peace by controlling our lives, by controlling the events and the people in our lives. Instead, Paul shows us here that the biggest concerns, the biggest troubles we have need to go to God. That the biggest stressors in our lives just simply needed to be handed over to God, and we need to trust Him with those big things in our lives. We need to say, God, I trust you to take care of these. Because to be at peace, we must give our burdens our troubles, all the things that make us anxious over to God. And maybe you and I are worried about our jobs, our home, our kids, all those things, but they all need to be given to God and let Him deal with the problems we have in our lives. And so the first thing we see here, and we're going to look at Philippians 4, 6 through 7, is how we find peace. Let's read that together. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So the first thing we know from this passage is we have peace through prayer. Paul says we shouldn't worry about anything, that there's nothing too big for God to handle. And Paul was aware of these things because if you remember when he wrote this, he was in jail he was facing possible death, people had left him, he wasn't with his family or the ones he loved, and he knew what real trials and troubles were, he knew what anxiety looked like, and in the midst of all that, he could write about peace. And he says, you and I can find this peace in the midst of any trouble that we have. Again, there'll never be a trial too great for God, and God will not necessarily take away all of our trials and tribulations, But he wants us to have a peace, a peace that goes far beyond anything we could ask or imagine, far beyond anything we could even think of if we just give it to him. We may not understand that. We may not understand how God can give us peace in the midst of difficult situations. But if we trust him, I know he will. If we turn to him in prayer and give him every single thing in our lives and trust him, we'll have that peace. Jesus said in Matthew six, don't worry about your life. God knows what you need. Worry is what separates us from God. Now I wanna say there's a big difference between worry in my mind and genuine concern. In other words, worry can immobilize us. It can stop us from doing the things we need to do. But genuine concern moves us to action So when I was going through this difficult time recently, my first uh, response is A, want to control it, to do all the right things to solve the problem myself, then to worry about it, which can immobilize you and you're like, oh, I'm so worried, I don't even know what to do. Or to just be concerned and then give it over to God and let him deal with that problem in my life. So whenever you find yourself worrying or anxious, I would just ask you to first, make your first thought and action to get alone with God and offer it up to Him in prayer, give it to Him. It's all gonna start with prayer. Peace is gonna be finding tranquility, restfulness, quietness in your soul in the midst of those troubles and loving God through those troubles. So Paul's advice then first is to turn our worries into prayer by praying about everything and realizing that God is big enough to solve those problems and to just give Him those things with thanksgiving. That was the other part of the passage. We want to be thankful to God when we pray to him. In other words, we want to say, God, I am thankful for my life, for the things you're doing, not God, you owe me to take care of this problem. It's a thankful heart that God wants from us in the midst of these difficult times. So we need to ask ourselves this question, you and I, today, as we're thinking about this whole idea of prayer. How much time do you spend in prayer every day or every week? And if there are anxious moments in your life, do you give them to God in prayer? Do you ask God, take these things from me and deal with these issues for me? Paul says that's the first thing we can do, and then we'll have, it's the beginning of having peace. So after accepting Jesus, my friend started to pray. He began asking all of us to pray for his son, and prayer became a big part of his life. But even though he was praying for his son, he was still very concerned with what was happening in his life, and he still was trying to help him in different ways. And his son continued to have problems. He was arrested. He went to court. He spent some time in jail. But through prayer, his parents were beginning to have peace in their lives that God was trying to do something in the life of their son and that they couldn't control what he did anyways and that they simply needed to give it all over to God and that God's promises would prevail in the life of their son and in their lives. And this, as I said, gave them peace and I know because they told me they were coming to more and more peace with what's happening in their lives and in the lives of their son. But at this point, their son still would not turn to Jesus and have peace with God. So the second part of our formula, we find in verses four, eight, and nine, and it says this, and now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And we have peace when we focus our minds on the right things of God. That's what we see in this passage. If we just focus our minds on the right things of God, that will lead to peace. What we think about is gonna determine how much peace we have. If we think about the things that are lovely and true and admirable, the things of God will tend towards peace. And so Paul is saying here, reprogram your mind. Stop thinking about the things that you're worried about and the things of the world and think about the things of God. Program your mind to do that. Because if we focus on our troubles, there's no peace. But if we focus on God, and His things, we begin to have peace. As I was thinking about this, I saw a survey on worry, and that survey said that only 8% of the things that people worry about were legitimate matters of concern. In other words, 92% of the things we worry about are either imaginary, never happened, or involve matters over which we have no control in our lives anyway. So if we're stuck in worry mode, a place where we have no control and we're filling ourselves with that mindset, we can't live out the mindset that God wants us to have. We can't live out the things of God in our lives. And so my friend, he kept praying for son, but he did more than that. He did all he could think about to think about the things of God. And so he started reading his Bible, he joined a small group, he began to to focus his mind on God and his promises And he kept trusting that God would take care of all these trials that his son and his family were going through in his timing. And he could do this because he was building his life on the trust of God, on the right things of God. And he was moving more and more towards trusting him with his life. And I remember him sharing this with a group, sharing the word of God with his group and the things he was learning. And then he began to reach out to other people. He began to try and share with people outside of the group and and God was drawing he and his son in his perfect timing as we look back now and because of that he was having peace with all that was happening in their lives and it doesn't mean that he wasn't concerned as I said earlier he was sharing it with the group he was getting people to pray he was doing all the things he knew that he could he could do and control he was still talking to his son but he was putting those concerns to action through prayer and through God's Word And so the third part then of our little formula here is we focus our thoughts on God and the things of God and then we put them into practice. Philippians 4.9 says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So this third part is we have peace when we live out our faith. When we live out our faith. See, it's not just enough to come and hear a sermon about peace. It's just not enough to read the Bible about peace. We have to live out what the Bible says. James said we should become doers of the Word of God. Because it's easy for you and I to read our Bible, put it down, and forget it, isn't it? I used to do it all the time. I'd read my Bible in the morning. I would go to Johnson Controls issues would come up with the customers or whatever was happening and before I know it I'm in high control mode and I've forgotten what the Word of God says. Or I would leave a sermon and have all these other worries and that's what I would begin to think about and it was so easy for me and maybe for you to just live under my own power to try to control things to forget everything I'm learning and just try to do things on my own. It's easy to say for me Greg Pray about the right things, live out your faith, and trust God, and then not do any of it. So as I said, exposure to God's word is not enough. We have to be obedient. So living out the word of God helps us to focus ourselves on God and people, not just ourselves and our problems. And I really saw this lived out in a man's life a few years ago. This gentleman came into my office and he was struggling with all kinds of problems. He'd had a, a job for about 15 or 20 years that was pretty consistent, but then he'd lost that job. And for many years, he was going from job to job to job. He had no peace. He was worried all the time, anxious about how he was going to make a living. And his spouse had divorced him. He hadn't seen his kids in a while. It was just one problem after another. And he joined a small group thinking that would take care of his problems. But then he kept telling me, hey, the people in my small group, they're not doing anything for me. All they think about is themselves. So I asked him, well, what are you doing for them? Are you living out your faith? And so we began to look at this formula. And he began to try to live this kind of life where he was praying, putting the right things in his mind, and then living out his faith. And he began to serve the people of his small group. He began to serve in the community. He started putting other people above himself. And before you know it, he started seeing joy and peace in his life. Shortly thereafter, he found a job, and I know that he still has that job today, years later. He was introduced to a woman, and now he has a new spouse, and that marriage is going strong. But all of this because he really decided that he was gonna trust God with his life, and begin to try to do all the right things that it would take to have peace in his life, to be a doer of the word, to love God, and to love people with all that he had. As I think about this, it sounds counterintuitive, doesn't it? To trust God, just thinking that he'll take care of everything instead of having to control it myself. But if you're walking with the Lord, if you're obeying his commands, and you're in his word, and then you have peace with God, you will have the peace of God as you begin to do these things in your life. And whenever we disobey and try to live under our own power, it only comes back to haunt us because we begin to lose that peace which we're gaining as we follow God. And I know for myself in my own life that a lack of peace is a sure sign that I am not following God, that I'm not living out my faith, that I'm not praying enough, that I'm not in the word enough, that I'm not thinking the right things, and I'm trying to direct my life again on my own and have no peace. So today as we leave, I just want to give you three guidelines that you can think about uh, for your life. If you desire this peace of God in your life, do these three things. First, surrender your life to God. Just give it all to God. Say, my life is yours completely. Take that blank piece of paper and just write your name on it say lord jesus i'm yours do what you want with me accept him obey him and make him the lord of your life second be persuaded that god is fully in control of everything everything and that he can control everything and as you just read his word as you start to think about right things he'll convince you yes i am all-powerful and i am in control of everything pray to him and know him and third. Accept God's view of your circumstances and rest in his love and his wisdom and his power. In other words, those circumstances in our lives God knows they are happening. Accept the fact that he knows they're happening and ask him to deal with those circumstances for you. See, stress, worry, anxiety, they're all going to be part of our lives. But how we deal with those things is completely up to each one of us and how we're gonna have peace in our lives. Are we gonna choose the Bible's formula for peace? Or are we gonna try to find peace on our own? So let me just close by sharing how it all ended with my friend. So as he's in the small group, as he's growing in his faith, as he's trying to fill his mind with the right things, as he's trying to live out his faith, his son, he goes to his son and he hands him a pamphlet and he wants him to go, because he's concerned, to Teen Challenge to get through this addiction issue. And his son looks at him and hands the pathway back and says, I can do this on my own. I don't need any help. And so his dad says, son, your mom and I have been praying and we feel that God has told us in so many words, hey, you're gonna have to, I'm trying to work in your son's life, but you can't interfere. You have to give him to me. And you have to have peace that I know what I'm doing. And so they agreed to do that. And they told their son, We're here for you, we love you, we care about you. But if you get caught stealing again or end up in jail, you're on your own. We'll go to court, we'll sit in the courtroom, but you're gonna have to get a public defender, you're gonna have to deal with these issues on your own because we believe that God is trying to do something in your life and we don't wanna interfere with that. So of course, shortly thereafter, he gets caught stealing. This is not the first time, it's not the second time, it's many times, and so he's facing sure jail time. I mean, years in jail now. And so he calls his parents from jail and he says, "'Dad, I need your help.' And he said, "'Son, I told you, "'we're gonna have to let God deal with this. "'We're at peace with that.'" And of course his son, there's yelling, there's screaming, there's, you hate me, you don't love me, all those things. And they they stuck with that, they believed this is what God was telling them to do, and they had peace with it and the son went back to his jail cell and he sat in the jail cell and I know this because the family has shared all these stories with me and he, he got on his knees and he said, Lord God, I have nothing. All I have is you. I need your help. And just as he said that, the chaplain for the jail walked up and he said to the young man, what's going on? He told him what was happening in his life and all the difficulties he was going through and he said to him, God loves you. Jesus loves you. All you have to do is put your faith and trust in him. Believe in him for the forgiveness of your sins, and God will give you peace. You'll be on your first step to peace with God. And so he did. He accepts Jesus, and they baptize him in the sink. And so a couple of weeks go by, and they're about to go before the judge, and the public defender is meeting with him. And they found out after all this that this public defender was a Christian. And as she listened to his story, her heart was breaking. And so she goes to the judge and she said, I feel like this this young man is a new person and I'd love to see him get another chance. And the judge said, what do you suggest? And she said, teen challenge. And the judge said, well, offer it to him and see if he wants to take it, otherwise he's going to jail. So they offer him teen challenge. Of course, they say, I'll take it. And so this young man goes to teen challenge And through everything he went through, he is now a pastor of a pretty good-sized church in Oklahoma. Amen, their But his parents trusted God. They had peace with where God was taking them, and they let God do the work in his life. But I tell you that, and I know that not every situation is going to turn out that well. Maybe over time, but we're all going to go through these struggles. We have to go to God, though, in prayer and believe that His timing is perfect, that He's gonna do the right things. And if we live by faith that God can do anything, that He can give us a peace that passes understanding. And I tell you, I firmly believe that. I've seen it happen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I just thank You so much for the work that You do in our lives. God, thank You for Philippians 4 for this formula thank you for showing us how to have peace with you and god first and foremost if there's anyone here that doesn't have a relationship with you i pray that you would touch their heart today and they would turn to you and lord for those of us that know you i just pray that we would trust you that we would pray that we would fill our minds with the right things that we would live out our faith and god that you would give us complete peace in our lives god we admit we can't do this on our own We have to have a complete 100% trust in you. It's in Jesus' name I pray.